and welcome to PodRocket, a web development podcast brought to you by LogRocket. LogRocket helps software teams improve user experience with session replay, error tracking, and product analytics. You can try it for free at LogRocket.com. I'm Noel, and today we have Vladimir joining us. Uh, he's here to talk about the road to VTest 1.0. He's a VTest core team member and a VTeam member. Welcome to the show, Vladimir. Thank you for the invite. Um, I'm glad to be here. Perfect. Well, we can just jump right in. What is VTest and why should developers care? Well, <laughs> why should developers care about testing their products? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, everyone should test their code <laughs> if they want, don't want them to break. VTest primarily helps to test the uh, front-end code mm. using Node.js for performance-related tasks. Like if you are testing your front-end applications, you can go through end-to-end route and use Playwright or Cypress or any other end-to-end selenium. But it's usually quite long to write these tests. They are running quite wrong on your CI. So VTest tries to emulate a browser environment instead. So tests are usually running much, much faster. So is it more akin to something like Jest? Or where is that performance increase coming from? Yes, it's basically just like implementation. Well, we are just running in Node.js, probably Bung. And basically the performance comes from the fact that we don't spin up a real browser. Mm. Real browsers are very expensive, the creating of the contexts, and uh, we just emulate everything. Is there any particular use cases for which Vtest is particularly well-suited to test against? Well, Vtest is a general test runner. So I said before that you can use it for front-end testing, and we are mainly focusing on that, but it's running in Node.js. So people usually test also their just Node.js applications. The primary users are probably Vt users mm. because Vtest simplifies the pipeline. So before with Jest, Jest doesn't support asynchronous or ESM out of the box, or it requires some flex to make it work. And it was very hard for developers who were using Vtest, their build toolchain to test something. So the team came up with uh, Vtest, which uses Vt under the hood. So we transform all files using the same config file, which makes the development usually like seamless. So you have your Vt application, you run Vtest command, and also just works out of the box if you have some tests. So I would say that Vtest primarily, Vt applications are primarily the, the use case for Vtest. But uh, Vtest also, Different from Jest, Vtest has embraced another way of test isolation. So Jest uses context API from VM module, which creates the new global context for each test file all the time. So even if you write your own custom handlers, it will still uh, use this VM module. But Vtest, on the contrary, uses workers for context isolation. So we just spin up a new worker, which should be faster than spinning up a worker and creating a context. So Vtest has several flags or configuration options that allow you to come from Jest, but still have the performance of a native test runner because we don't overcomplicate things like this. There's not that additional overhead. Yeah, especially for Node.js applications. Gotcha. Is that difference in kind of that global module mainly due to differences in ESM support? Is that the main driver there? Or are those both derivative of the same function? Well, under the hood, Vtest still uses VM module. We just use the same context instead of creating a new one. Gotcha. Which simplifies also the internals because we don't need to re-implement, like require experts, modules, and so on. But we reuse Vt SSR pipeline, which kind of transforms files into ESM-compatible functions. 
So instead of imports, you have functions that require other modules. So under the hood, it's like a common JS, but asynchronous one. So we can use V plugins there. But I think the reason why we used it is more historical. I think Anthony came up with the test isolation. At the time, I think Vitest wasn't even released publicly yet. And since then, it was like a core isolation feature that we didn't really want to change because it worked well until it didn't, <laughs> which there is an issue with the three times performance difference from just in a bad way, <laughs> which we also addressed, I think, in the latest version, where we actually introduced the same way, the same mechanism that Jest uses for test isolation. Mm. Because it turns out that there is no common solution to test every project. For example, if your project relies heavily on some global state and you don't really want to reset it every time you write a test or it's really impossible to reset or some modules have side effects that cannot be reverted, right. then you need a isolation out of the box for when you test. So Vitesse provides you with that, but Vitesse can also be used without isolation. So by disabling as, as isolation, we provide the same just API, but it's faster. <laughs> gotcha. Usually like three, time, three times faster if you just disable isolation. If you don't rely on globals, if you don't rely on side effects, or if you can reset this side effects between test files, you can just disable isolation and your test should be comparable to native test runner. You've stumbled into my next question. I was curious if those changes in scope would cause difficulties for users who are interested in trying to switch from one to the other in that I would assume that sometimes there is context and stuff like there's side effects to those tests running that can make it hard to convert these existing test suites. But it sounds like this is a configurable option now in VTest. Is that right? Yes, exactly. By default, we still create new workers as a way to isolate each test file. So if you have a hundred tests, then we create a hundred workers, depending on how many CPUs you have available. There'll be four workers running, then one finishes, another is created and so on and so forth. But when we are using this just style isolation, we just create, like for example, if you have eight cores, we create four workers for watch mode and eight workers for a CI for non-watch mode. And we just reuse the same worker, but create a new context there. Was this kind of alternate mode of dealing with context and running tests? Was this the biggest kind of roadblock that you guys were waiting to get figured out for V1? Or was there something in particular that made you feel that we were ready for major release stable? For me, yes, exactly. There was a question, why is performance different? That we couldn't just answer or we didn't know why. And so we had this investigation and tried the implementation just to give the community answers. So we, we can say we have a version one because this and this. So uh, we know that the white performance is like this for this test case and performance like this is for this test case. Gotcha. But it worked out quite well, I think. Were there any other big challenges on the path to getting towards version one, like a stable release that you had to knock out? For me, this was the main blocker. Um, Basically, the idea to release version one was to align with V5. I think this was like, we want to uh, like not start a new, but kind of wanted to reset, I don't know, not the progress, but the state of Vtest at this point. And then we are happy with how config file looks. We're happy how, basically just happy with the state of Vtest as it is. But to be honest, I do expect us to release a version two quite soon after <laughs> the version one because of the major changes. We will probably find something that's a breaking change that we need to make. And, you know, Semver is quite important to us to have releases like following the Semver. 
what do you foresee the relationship being between Vite version releases and Vtest version releases? Will they usually be around the same time? Will Vite version updates usually precede a Vtest version update? I don't think there will be any difference from how we do it right now. The team is separate. I'm part of both teams, but mm -hmm. when we release Vtest, we don't really look at what version suite is running. Sometimes Vite exposes some nice APIs that we can reuse. But we usually have like a workaround to check the versions, so we still support everything out of the box. I have a couple questions in the context of test runners and stuff, a little bit higher mm -hmm. level. One is that Bun recently claimed that they've removed the need for Vtest as a tool. Why is Bun saying this, and what is your take? For now, what I think for Bun, there is now actually an effort to make Vtest run in Bun is uh, halted because Bun doesn't support a lot of Node.js APIs, or it claims that some of them are supported, but they are have some subtle bugs or just don't work at all. And also, as our primary use case is Vite, supporting Vite users and Node.js users, as long as they are using Node.js or Vite, you need to use yeah, a test runner. <laughs> you can't use <laughs> this runner that runs on the same engine. Yep. But if you're switching to Bun, I think my take is that if you're using the platform, use the platform. If platform provides you with a test runner, if you are writing BUN code, if you're writing server-side BUN code, of course, uh, I think the BUN test runner would be the, the perfect solution for you. If you don't use Vite or don't rely on frameworks that run on Node.js, then also you can use BUN. If you just have like scripts and so on, of course, you don't have to use Vtest. One of the features that Vtest supports, which also just supports, but no other test runners, as far as I know, support is the module mocking. Oh, yeah. I know that Bun works towards this. I think this is like a quite a big feature that people require. Mm -hmm. I see all the time people having issues with it because they don't understand the difference between modules. And if you run a module, it's, it actually executes your code and you can't really access or change it after it executed. So there is subtle differences. But yeah, I think I'm really looking forward to Bun being really stable to move <laughs> my projects to Bun. <laughs> Yeah. If there is really a performance difference. But I think the main thing that Bun does right now is similar to what Dino did. Mm. It pushes Node.js. What Dino did is push Node.js into supporting web standards, right? So not started to not maybe not re-implement, but support it better, like URL and stuff. And Bun does the same for performance. We've seen some like performance group forming for Node.js. I've seen a pull request for speeding up uh, file system access, file system operations. So <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. There's a lot going on in the JavaScript ecosystem, and it's it'll be cool to see where these tools all land in a couple of years, for sure. Are there any like particular features on the roadmap or stuff you guys would like to address in the future? You mentioned before that you think B2 or 2.0 rather is on the horizon shortly. What are you kind of eyeing as stuff? you know, as features you'd like to incorporate? Well, V2 is probably on the horizon because of it's a break. It will, will introduce some breaking changes to, to the existing APIs, but not because we will introduce new APIs. But when we do, there are some experimental APIs that we already provide for over a year now, like browser support, testing types, and we also have benchmarking support, which I actually forgot about this feature, but then I saw people on Twitter discussing that, like, we use this feature all the time. 
just was surprised by and there is a discussion about improving benchmarking support so you can assert that something is became slower and or faster and stuff like that. Currently, type checking is already kind of implemented, but it's not very developer experience friendly. So you have to run the separate command to your test. So you don't just run vtest and it also tests your types. You have to run vtest and vtest type check. We want to uh, kind of merge them together, which is a challenge because of how it's implemented. And of course, browser support was initially just a way to provide a way to preview your components during your tests, just to see, okay, I'm clicking here, but how does it look like without installing third party like Cypress or Playwright if you are not planning to use them. I see. But I think the focus will be more on browser uh, support, on uh, component testing, similar to how Playwright does component testing. But the main goal in Vitest is similar to what we did with Jest. So we provide the same API as Jest does, or highly compatible API. Mm -hmm. So people can easily migrate from Jest to Vitest. And we wanted to do the same kind of gradual migration for your tests that use GS DOM or Happy DOM to use browser mode. So you can just add like, I want to this test file to run in the browser it's just to progressively see or progressively add more tests there. And they should be also highly compatible. Like API should be highly compatible with what is already in your test. So you don't need to rewrite everything from scratch, like with locators in Playwright or Venables in Cypress, where you need to switch your whole mental model with how you write your tests. This is basically the goal for the future. What are some of the difficulties in implementation in the library itself for like browser support? What's challenging there? It's not that challenging. <laughs> it was not that hard because of how we implemented internally how we run tests. So we can easily just tweak some stuff or just add a new, they're called pools. So in Vtest internally, we use different pools for running tests in worker or Chandler process or VM. And we just basically added a new pool for browsers. Mm. And we had some providers, and we also have a providers setting in the config to use Playwright or WebDriver.io, or even not use anything, just to preview. For StackBlitz, for example, you can write your tests there and see a preview on the right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Basically, it opens a browser. We ask browser to run tests, and <laughs> it runs tests, tells us the results. Is the goal eventually kind of to have, or is the vision maybe, to have Vtest be the sole test runner? that projects would need to use if they're doing both some isolated backend and browser-based testing right now that in the future Vtest could do or will be doing both of those? Mm, I don't think Vtest can handle end-to-end uh, -end tests. I don't think the team is willing to uh, go that far. Sure. Component tests is fine and like the exp experimentation in that area are very interesting, but the end-to-end -end testing is just, I think, a playwright team the people who started the right team are browser engineers, so they understand more in that area, and I trust them more, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but experimenting is really nice. I think another thing that we wanted to go towards is better compatibility with uh, Node.js, actually. Oh. Because with Node.js tests, currently Vtest runs its tests in this like, sandbox environment that emulates it's similar to Bun. We support both CommonJS and ESM in the same file, which Node.js doesn't support it, mm -hmm. and we have no way to disable this. So some tests that are written for Node.js can work in Vtest, but actually fail in production. 
which defeats the whole purpose. Okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's it. not good. Yeah, don't use your name, file name, and so forth, because they are injected by deep node, which we use under the hood. Oh, sure. Another point that we struggle the most, like this whole year, and basically from the start, the hardest point is how to support your packages. Mm. Like your source code is fine, we can transform it, we can run it, but your packages, we don't really want to transform every single package because this will make everything slower tenfold. I think one time, like a year ago, we had a bag that just done that. So someone imported TypeScript file and it, <laughs> it just stuck because <laughs> it's, it's several thousand lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just couldn't process it. And Vitesse SSR has some solutions to that. Currently, we just say, not GS, try to do this yourself. Like, we don't care. We, we can't really. Yeah help you there, but it comes with issues like interop, ESMCGS. So if you have a package that imports another package that assumes uh, that there is a default, for example, export, or if there is the usual uh, pitfalls of ESMCGS uh, interop, then we can't really do anything with it. We have to say to people, please like add this option to inline or stuff like that. And um, well, to the config file, right? And ideally we would like to make this an automatic feature. Yeah. So you just run your test. We make it more seamless because currently there are some packages that will just not work correctly. We had a lot of issues with Svelte because they publish Svelte files as Svelte files unprocessed and it's re-exported from a JavaScript file. So we assume that the package is compatible with uh, Node.js and we just say Node.js handle this package, but it just fails. Yeah. So these issues pop up sometimes that we would really like to resolve. When do developers typically encounter this the most often? So it sounds like, yeah, like Svelte projects. Are there other cases where devs are reaching for external packages and stuff's falling over? There is Lodash. There is Lodash ES, which re-exports every file so you can consume it as a named expert. Mm -hmm. But Lodash package doesn't actually do that. You cannot use a named expert there. So this is probably the most common. Yeah, yeah, common. Yeah, yeah, common one. Yeah, sure. So I guess for devs that are listening and interested and like they kind of want to check out VTest, what does support look like for non-Vite projects? Like, is it uh, a bit arduous to get running or can devs usually set it up? You can just install VTest and run it. Yeah, it works. But as I said, there are some differences from how Node.js runs it. But yeah, you basically just run vtest. Write your test files, run vtest, it should work. But fix it, the differences, there's already pull requests, uh, which should address this issue, should, and it should actually make it easier to debug. So we wanted to provide a better experience for when you encounter an issue, when you would have encountered an issue with ESM uh. or CGS in your file. In Node.js, you might get a very cryptic message or a message that says like add a type module yeah. to an external package that you cannot actually do. Mm -hmm. And we would like to like address these issues and to maybe give some uh, advices there or hence tips maybe uh, to fix it. Yeah. My, my last big question is when are we expecting 1.0 to be out and available? Uh, currently, there is already a 1.0 beta 2, I think, is already here. We are aiming at Vite release a few weeks after Vite release. Cool. Maybe second week after Vite release. But I am not sure. <laughs> yeah. If would probably release it, yeah, but currently there are not a lot of beta testers. So as I said, uh, assume a uh, second uh, two two point <laughs> soon after. Gotcha, gotcha. So I guess maybe if anyone's listening and wants to get involved in testing, it sounds like testers are needed. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> very much. Cool. If anyone listening does want to get involved and help out, what would be the best way for them to start exploring this space, keep the project going, or maybe just get their feet wet in Vtest and see? Okay, there is a label in Vtest issues called PR Welcome, and mm. there is also a label Good First Issue. I've actually went through most of the issues and put this label on <laughs> some of them. So this is a good way to help. Documentation issues are also very good. If you're already familiar with Vtest and you just want to help, there are some documentation issues to improve documentation. Nice. And of course, if you're already using Vtest, install the better version and at least see if it works yeah. <laughs> and how it works. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me, Vladimir. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here with you.